Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hello, good morning, welcome to the program. We are broadcasting and streaming live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find links to the audio-only live stream, the podcast, the uh, social media sites where we simulcast the show, including Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And, of course, uh, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, FM translator, for those of you who are wondering about that. Good morning and welcome to the program. Um, it is <clears throat> what I like to call a good old-fashioned open line, open form day. Yep. We're working on some guests and uh, nothing nothing worked out. Nothing came through. I mean, it's uh, it's just you and me today, which I decided to, I mean, just embrace. Let, just let's just do it. I mean, it's time to it's time to get into it and just uh, talk about anything that we want to talk about today. Now, obviously, we're gonna obviously we're going to uh, um you know, talk about politics and the news of the day and some of the headlines and stuff like that. But I don't want that to hold you back. If you want to talk about something that is not political, you should feel absolutely free to do so today because, uh, you know, I, I'm, <clears throat> we need that. We need that kind of, uh, we, we need that kind of slice of life stuff, right? Um, that's what, that's, that's what we call it in radio. It's a slice of life. Uh, so, Anything that's not related to politics is also welcome today. And in fact, I have already uh, put the phone lines to good use this morning, and the phone lines are open. <clears throat> Wherever it is that you want to call from, you can do it. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you this morning, and we want to say a special thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West, uh, you could find them at SatelliteWest.com. From Seldovia to Tin, to Tin City. <clears throat> Tin City, it's an actual place. I didn't even realize that until I was looking at something this morning. Um, Tin City uh, in Alaska, wherever it is that you want to stay. That was the lowest temperatures in the state were at Tin City yesterday. Eight below zero. So there you go. I don't even know where it is, but I do know that if you were there and if you'd talked to the folks at Satellite West, that they could have gotten you some devices that keep you connected with the rest of the world, whether it's email, text messages, phone calls, or maybe you just want to surf the internet a little bit. You're going to make some tweets or something. Tweeting from Tin City. It's all, uh, it's all good. Uh, you can uh, do it with your friends at Satellite West, satellitewest.com. 
Um, and uh, they are proud to sponsor the program this uh, this uh, this morning, this hour, this very minute. In fact, they're sponsoring this very minute uh, as well. So thank you to Satellite West for providing that sponsorship to help bring the program to all the good people in the state and on the Internet. It's uh, good stuff. 907-433-3150. Phone lines are open. <clears throat> And I'd love to hear from you guys today. And, uh, I mean, we could talk about, let's see, what what, what should we talk? Because I've got some headlines, which I'm sure is going to take up a big chunk of, uh, of you know, this hour at least. Um, but uh, what what other things would we like to talk? How about, uh, you know, um, favorite uh, favorite uh, things you're watching on the, uh, on the, on the streams these days? The idiot box, as some of you will call it. I call it the entertainment cube. I I enjoy, that's how I unplug from the world after, you know, after working for 13, 14, 15 hours a day, I get to go chance to sit down and just unplug my brain for a little bit to be entertained, to enjoy, to relax, to step outside the, uh, to step outside the adulting bubble. Uh, it's a, it's a good way to do it. So maybe you can throw that at me. You know, what are you enjoying right now on the, uh, on the old boob tube? I, you know, I don't know, or favorite books or movie things you're looking forward to. Uh, John Wick. <laughs> I just, that's, I just had to say that right off the bat. John Wick. Uh, what are you looking forward to? That's it right there. Um, I can't, I can't wait, uh, for that. That's my, that's my, uh, can't wait pick right now. Um, or anything else that you want to discuss. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a thing unplugged to get programmed says bills. You unplugged for the thing to get programmed. Yeah. I mean, look, I I'm, uh, I'm at least smart enough to know when they're trying to program me. Okay. I mean, at least I know. And then I, I just, I just ignore that programming and move on. So, so don't, don't feel bad about it. I know what you mean though, Bill. I know what you mean. There's plenty of that going on. Um, so, but you know what? At least it's, well, I was just going to say at least it's subtle, but sometimes it's not so subtle, right? Sometimes the programming that they're trying to lay into these programs, uh, television shows or movies or whatever, is so blatant and over the top. You're like, please, are you, why are you, I mean, I feel like you're just bashing me over the head with your agenda. I mean, more, they just, you know, why, why, why are you doing that? Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's pretty, it's one of the reasons why I try to, uh, in, in my viewing habits, I try to stick to things like, um, fiction, fantasy, supernatural, science fiction, that kind of stuff, because at least it's not so up and in my grill that, you know, that I, that I, oh, at least it's not there. There are few and far between, uh, you know, kind of true life, uh, police procedurals or something like that, that I have enjoyed and watched because, uh, you know, they don't try to do that. There's a few of them that don't try the one that comes to mind right now. I mean, like my wife loves to watch law and order and I, it just, <clears throat> It blows my mind. I just, I cannot watch that show very much because it is, it's so preachy sometimes. But on the other side of the scale, you have something like Bosch, which is, um, 
which is definitely not uh i i, I don't get any preachy uh preachy thing in it um so anyway uh some good stuff there and uh we'll we'll continue uh w- w- if you want to talk about that great if you don't want to talk about that that that's great as well whatever clarkson's farm brian just said in the chat room which i have to admit we did binge both seasons of clarkson's farm which was irreverent and hysterical and uh also frustrating to watch somebody try to overcome um you know government prejudices and the nimby mamby pamby state that was also frustrating but great it was a great show so but whatever whatever uh Whatever you'd like to uh, talk about this morning, we'd love to uh, come on board and uh, and be part of it with you. So feel free to uh, smile and dial 907-433-3150 and we'll uh, we'll we'll come on in and and be part of it. Okay. Um <clears throat> let's go over to the headlines and take a look at some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, some of the proposed bills that are in the legislature that they're going to uh, continue to uh, be working on here over the next few weeks. And even the fact, oh, there's some, <clears throat> there's some deep, deep irony in some of these stories. I just, I, I, I want to mention that right, right off the bat, some deep, 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 deep irony. Um, but first and foremost, let's, uh, let's take a look at a piece that uh, I, I didn't even know, uh, something that was coming out. I didn't even know about, uh, until this morning, Suzanne Downing over at must read Alaska posted about this. And, uh, I thought, wow, this is, this is some pretty good stuff. Uh, headline reads, governor takes a swipe at Anchorage daily news over persistently biased reporting and the reporters snap back. So in a short video on Twitter on Wednesday, the governor pointed out inaccurate items in the newspaper stories about his parental rights bill. Um, He said uh, that he encouraged people to read the bill that he had authored for themselves rather than through the filter of the newspaper, which painted the bill uh, darkly. Uh, reports about teachers. Uh, he says another example of the fake news by the ADN. He said we in, we introduced a bill yesterday on parental rights and education, and basically what the bill says is that parents have the right to say yes or no to whether their child is going to receive instruction or be part of that program uh, of any program that touches on the subject of sex or gender. He said here's what the Anchorage Daily News said, and then he read a sentence from the newspaper story. Governor Mike Dunleavy on Tuesday introduced education policy proposals that would limit sexual education and the rights of non-gender conforming students in public schools. Dunleavy said the bill does not limit the rights of anyone. Uh, But Iris Samuels, (laughs) she slapped back on Twitter with a very passive-aggressive response of, thanks for reading our coverage. We're proud of the reporting we're doing at the ADN. And this legislate about this legislation and thankful to our readers who look to the ADN for fair journalism. Um, because, uh, again, then Sean McGuire, he got even more defensive and blasted off with a whole series of tweets about, well, it does that, you know, this is a discriminatory bill because 
uh, non-gendered or transgendered kids could go into bathrooms that whatever whatever bathroom that they identified with. And that's something that kids could do at every school in Alaska right now outside the Matsu. And they this would stop that. So this would this would infringe on their rights. And he just goes on and on and on about this, uh, talking about all these kind of things. And uh, and then but again, no commentary on the fact that he it, this does nothing. The headline again reads uh, from the ADN that the sentence was that um, uh, that uh, it would limit sexual education. Uh, it this does not this is does not. It just requires parental permission. It just requires parental involvement in the education of their students, which we talked about yesterday. I mean, this is, again, one of the things where I'm just I, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. If you are trying to conceal from the parents something that is going on in the child's life, that is evil. I don't care if the parents would disagree with what the child wants. I understand that that happens sometimes because I've been a parent myself and still am of five, right? Sometimes there are things that your kids do that you don't agree with or beliefs or views that they take that you don't agree with. That doesn't mean that you you get you, the school district, the government, get to hide it from the parents who are morally, financially, and legally obligated to be responsible for those children. And then, of course, Scooter Kendall got involved. Scooter Kendall. Scott Kendall, he got onto Twitter. And uh, and he, he, this guy, this guy, Buddy Witt, uh, who uh, is, uh, he works in Senator Shelley C's office. He asked a question on Twitter that says, which specific policy makes children less safe or more likely to suffer abuse, and where is the data to support that? Scooter jumps back in and says, children are sadly most likely to be abused sexually or physically by a parent. This legislation would allow an abusing parent to veto their child receiving information about abuse and how to get help. The... What? Um... He said, it's also not hard to imagine that a homophobic or transphobic parent might learn of their child's sexuality under this policy and retaliate against them. Oh, my. There are bad people. I can't even wrap my brain around that whole thing. If you have a child that is, you know, that that has it was trans or is homosexual or whatever. You're still a parent. It may it may uh, upset you. It may make you mad. It may irritate you. Still, d- d- but they're your children. I don't understand. And so that's a good reason to allow the government to continue to hide everything from you. There's no justif- There's no justification for any of this. And and yes, that we've been pointing out the ADN's uh, bias. For quite a while, uh, quite a while now. Ever since when the Binkleys bought it, there was a, remember remember the fervor after uh, it got sold from Mara What's Her Face and uh, and it was being sold to the Binkleys and everybody was losing their mind about how this right wing cabal was going to be. It was going to be a whole thing. God, you wish, right? You wish. No, it's. I would argue that it's almost 
It's almost worse than uh, the Rogoff, Alice Rogoff. It's almost worse than uh, than before. That's that's what's going on. I mean, it, so yeah, good for the governor for snapping back. I mean, people should actually read the bill instead of just reading the news coverage on it or listening to me talk about it. Go read the damn thing for yourself. We'll see what happens on that. All right, we got to go. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return to more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um... Let me go back up here uh, to see what you guys are talking about. Cowboy coffee, cowboy French roast coffee in the stove. So strong you can stand a, sp- you can stand a spoon in it. Remember, that's what Louis L'Amour used to say. Coffee wasn't strong enough until it could float a horseshoe. Then it was strong enough. That's what they say. <laughs> it's the old Louis L'Amour kind of cowboy coffee. Uh, let's go over to the phones real quick and we'll, uh, see if we can figure out who's on the line and we'll get them, uh, we'll get them set up for the return to radio. Good morning. Uh, who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Michael. This is David from Anchorage. How are you today? Oh, good. My friend. Good. Your fact, your name is still here in the system. So hold the line and we'll get started with you here on the other side. Um, I want to, I'd love to talk to you about this education bill. And the fact now that people are already so up in arms about it, it's just, it's just crazy, crazy. Um, all right, um, yeah, I don't know. The internet is working fine for me, but stuff is apparently audio is lagging out for you guys now and then. Um, so fingers crossed, it gets cleared up. Fingers crossed, it gets cleared up here. Jerrica says she's about to start Yellowstone. Oh, man. Uh, My word of warning on Yellowstone, it's going to take you probably three episodes to really get into it. But by the fourth or the fifth episode, I was like, damn, this show is. Mm -hmm." Mm-hmm. Then I proceeded to just binge the entire thing. Plus 1883, the original, the prequel, or the prequel prequel, and now 1923 is the secondary prequel. Um, uh, all right. I'm going back over here. Mike, uh, Mikhail says he enjoyed The Last of Us, which apparently the final episode dropped this last weekend, so I'm getting ready to go watch that. And we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what goes on from there. I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been putting it off because I refuse to be confined uh, by the streaming services, nitpicky, we're going to drop one thing a week. That's just bullshit. That's just some pushwa right there. If I want to watch all eight episodes at one sitting, I should be able to. Not that I would. 
Not that I have, but close. Um, Mikhail says, I just don't understand why everything is eight episodes now. Wasn't too long ago. Seasons ran like 25 episodes. Yeah, but see, what they're trying to do in these series now is they're trying to tell a story in eight episodes. In, in you know, the, the, the 20 plus episode shows, there was always some filler in there, right? I mean, there's always some filler uh, episodes. It was always a main story arc, and then they had the filler episodes and everything else. I don't mind that there are only eight episodes. I, I mean, you know, would I like to see 10 or 12 episodes? Yes, absolutely. But, I mean, I'm not against it. Uh, Bill says Yellowstone's the best show he's seen in years. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, ADN. Here, try this chocolate-flavored propaganda. Governor, nonsense. You should try this vanilla-flavored propaganda. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, Buddy's in Rep McCabe's office now. Sorry, Buddy was in. Buddy was in. All right. I apologize, Buddy. So if I got that thing. um, Let's see. Uh, Senator John Binkley was original state rhino from Bethel. Uh, poor signal this morning. Uh, uh, there are no only parents with me- what? There are no only parents with mental disorder. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I guess we're, uh, I, I'm just trying to, your internet is crap this morning, says, uh, says, says, uh, Harold. So, we might, uh, I mean, who knows? We'll see how it goes at the hour one. We might, we might cut in and cut out and do a reboot during the, uh, top of the hour break, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it looks like. All right, here we go. We've got David on the line from Anchorage. You're going to talk about some, uh, I mean, David and I could talk about the, for the whole next segment, we could talk about this health deal. Let's go on. Welcome back to the program, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, uh, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We got uh, more coming up uh, here, but first we've got calls on hold, and so we're going to go over there to uh, start with this morning, and we're going to start with uh, David, who is calling in from uh, Anchorage, and we'll get get, get a hot take from him this morning here on what his thoughts are. Uh, David uh, David Boyle. Good morning, sir. How are you? What's on your mind, Michael? I'm do- I'm doing great today, and even better probably tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really thankful that Governor Dunleavy has come out and uh, put these two bills in the hopper in the House and the Senate. That's House Bill 105 and Senate Bill 96. By the way, the House Bill 105 is going to be heard uh, this coming Monday morning. Okay. And, um, House education. The Senate bill has been sent to, interestingly enough, doesn't isn't going to education at this time. It's going to judiciary. Right, but Matt Matt Clayman's district. Yeah, yeah. For an education bill to first yeah, go to judiciary gonna, gonna, sounds a little weird. 
It does, and um, I, maybe they sent it to Clayman to protect uh, Senator uh, Loki Tobin, I would guess, because she came out before the bill was even put in the hopper by the governor saying that she was going to uh, stop it and wouldn't even be heard in her committee. So maybe uh, Senate President Stevens decided to uh, s allow her to save some face and send it to Matt Clayman's Judiciary Committee. The title of this bill should be, Who's Your Parent? The school yeah. staff or you? Yeah. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Well, yeah. This is about protecting the child and the parent's rights to educate their child. It's not the school district's right to educate the child. It's the parents to determine what's best for their child. And there are a lot of good points in here. Um, the one is today, is that it, as a, the law is written, it requires... <clears throat> pardon me, a student's parents to opt the child out of any sex education. And that's problematic because what happens is maybe the school district doesn't tell the child or give the child a slip to take home. Uh, maybe the child throws the slip away, or maybe it just stays in the child's backpack so the parent never, ever knows. Right. So what this, the effect is the parent, parent has to opt their child in to the sex education program which gives the parent positive control. Um, so, and that's what's really good uh, because there are problems in the past with children going to sex education classes and their parents find out afterwards because maybe the school district didn't send them notification as required by current law two weeks before the class. Right, because well, how would you know, know how right? How, how, how would you know that they got sent to it? You know, and like you said, giving a giving a permission slip or a notification slip to a to a fourth or a fifth grader. I mean, what you got a 50 50 chance to uh, you got a 50 50 chance to get it back on the other side to come to the parents. And I think you're right. But in fact, I think you're I don't think the title of the headline should have been, you know, who's the parent? Uh, the title should have been who's your daddy? Or mommy, uh, you know, in parentheses on the side, because I mean, that's the thing. I mean, who is and, and at what point did the government and the nanny state, uh, you know, why should we let them become so involved in our children? Why? Why did we give up parental control on so many of these things? Because the neighbors did the people down the street did because our parents did. Where's our where's our, you know, our accurate thought? Where is is our, you know, our our intellectual courage to say this is not working because we are not wards of the state. But that's what we're treated like. We're treated like we're just going to dump all the kids off at the babysitter. I mean, I'm sorry, the school. And then they're going to fill their minds full of mush with all this BS that people are hearing all over. The, you know that 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 the administrators or the unions or somebody with a special uh, with a special agenda is going to fill all their heads with it. And we come home and we wonder why things are broken in this country. Well, you're spot on with those remarks. And um, you you know uh, one of the things included in the, besides just uh, sex education and human reproduction is gender identity, which is being taught as well. To children as young as third grade, second grade, this law prevents a child, uh, this being sex education being uh, taught to a child uh, under grade four, which I believe that's good as well. Now the left has come out, I call them the left, or let's call it the education industry, and the teachers union have come out, and well, you know, we're, we're you know, the governor's a homophobe. 
He's taking transgender children's right. rights away from them. Right. No, he's not. What he's doing is protecting every child's right and the parent's right to determine what's best for their child, if they're transgender or not. Uh, then, uh, of course, another part of the bill, which things are happening in, I'm very familiar with the Anchorage School District, and it's probably happening in others in Alaska, is the, you know, the parents, the school district in Anchorage is hiding the fact that a child wants to be known by a different pronoun than their birth given pronoun. Right. And uh, that's that's actually one, one of the school district's policies. Uh, so that's, they have to have written permission from a parent before the child, the name of the pronoun used by a public school to address the child can be used in their records. Sure. And that, that parent has to be informed in writing of the right. So that's another good thing. We're empowering parents. Well, and, you know, it's, it's time that the education industry stopped inserting itself between the parent and the child and becoming, in effect, their well, parent. and as much as I would like to blame just the school district, just the just the teachers, just the the unions or the government or as long as what, there is a tremendous slice of responsibility here on the parents. They need to get more informed on this. They need to be more involved. They need to understand this stuff and they need to be outraged when their parental rights are being uh, disrupted or intercepted or, you know, abrogated by the school district. You know, again, I said it yesterday, and I've said it many, many times. Don't be surprised when you send your kids to Rome and they return as Romans. That's what happens. You want to know how messed up that is? That You you know, you want to know how messed up they can be? Send them off to school six, seven, eight hours a day, five days a week, and then you get home on the weekend and they're like, man, these kids are, what, what, you know, what are they learning? Oh, well, I don't know. Let me go watch more NASCAR and drink some beer and... We'll worry about it later. No, you should be worrying about it now. You should be worrying about it right this second. You're you're exactly you're exactly right, Michael. And and you know to the parents out there and to the grandparents and people that don't have grandchildren or children in the school, this is going to affect your future. And a lot of people like to talk about the PFD, but this is a lot more important because what you see happening in the country today is a cultural war and it's happening and it's being promoted in the schools including the university system and if you think it's getting it's bad today just wait people five years from now you won't recognize this great nation and your freedoms will be gradually taken away including those second amendment rights right so uh, the indoctrination of the children you know they're they're easily molded when they're young and they get a hold of them. Yeah. There's, um, I put a post out the other day by Wilma Mankiller, the, the chief of the Cherokee Nation. She said, whoever controls our child's education controls our future. And that yeah. says it all. Well, yeah. I mean, I, who was it? Somebody posted in the chat room yesterday a quote that said, you know, uh, give me a give me a child's uh, mind for four years and I'll have them forever. I know it was Lenin or somebody, but I mean, yeah, that's exactly the same thing. You teach mm-hmm. these little moldable, you know, minds full of mush something when they're very young, when they're definitely in their formative years, and all of a sudden, we, you, you know, you don't what, what happened? What happened to my kids? I'll tell you what happened to your kids. You totally surrendered your authority to teach them 
and your values to the school system because it was convenient. That's why you did it. It was convenient for you. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. The Michael Duke Show. Hopefully we got the lag issue all squared away. We are about 30 seconds right now from rejoining the radio. And uh, we'll have comments on all that. Oh, I forgot to do the phones. I forgot to do the phones. So I will uh, log in and do that real quick. We'll see if we can get uh, these phone calls back. Come on. Come on. You got it. There we go. All right. Uh, thanks for coming in. And thanks for being patient with us. And we will return here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. This is your favorite radio station and or FM translator. We are continuing now with Open Line, Open Forum. We've got a couple calls on hold, and so we're going to start off over there this morning. I have some other stories that I want to get to, but... Your calls reign supreme. I mean, again, any topic is fair game. We've been talking about this education thing, but there are plenty of other things that we could dive into as well if you want. But let's uh, <clears throat> let's uh, let's get things rolling. Let's get things rolling along here as we uh, finish up hour one on the program this morning. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and just jump over to the phones. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Caller, that's you. Go ahead. <laughs> if you're <clears throat> all right, I'm going to put them back on hold because I, I don't know if they just don't know that they're not on hold or what. All participants are muted. Now let's try this again. See if we can get it again. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Mike. I'm calling from Wasilla. Hello, Mike and Wasilla. What is on your mind, my friend? And please speak into your phone a little closer because you're a little quiet. So what's on your mind? Is this better? That's better. Ah, good. I've got a, everybody's hunting for a solution or at least maybe a method by which they can talk about the PFD and get people's attention, and I've got an idea. Instead of talking dollars with the PFD, talk tax percentage. If we were currently operating under a tax, we don't have the PFD. If we were operating under an income tax or a sales tax, how much would that tax be and how much would these increases, the BSA, the teachers, retirement, how much would that cost us in additional taxes? Because eventually they're going to spend this PFD. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. What's the tax rate going to be? What would it be right now without it? What will it be in 10 years when they finally get around to spending all of that PFD and we have to go into an income tax or a sales tax? Nobody's talking this. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's an interesting point because that would put a real 
live dollar figure on it. If they real, you know, if you had if you had to spread this out as a tax across all Alaskans, how much if you know you only get a thousand dollars of your thirty nine hundred and ninety five dollar PFD, how much would that equate to in a percentile of a tax, like a sales tax? That's what you're saying. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, and given that kind of a thing right now, that would mean a 25% tax. Are you willing to pay a 25% tax to live in the state of Alaska? I've lived here 60 years, over 60 years now. Uh, when I was first, when I was a kid, they had an income tax, and I tell you what, I was stunned when my first paycheck was handed to me, and I had, they took state income tax out, and I'm like, Mom, Dad, what's this? Oh, well, that's the taxes to live up here. Now, what would the taxes be? Right. Mm. Right. Well, that's a good uh, that's a good question. I mean, I I like that uh, I like that idea because again, it gives something. It gives instead of this amorphous. Oh, you're still getting free money. Shut up and sit down. Now you would see exactly how much you would be paying for all those great government services that they're saying that that's why they're using that PFD for. Just you know, just let the adults talk and let us do it. I I Mike, I think that's a great. I think that's a great idea. Maybe we should. Uh, Get that over to Brad Keithley because he's he's the number guy. He loves to crunch that stuff down. Maybe we should get it over to him. All right, Mike, can you hear me? All right, we've lost Mike there. All right, well, thank you for your call, Mike. Hey, well, I, uh, oh, there you go, there you go. You just pop back in. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much yeah, for you, for coming in. Your your sound is going in and out as well. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in this morning uh, and be a part of it. No uh, problem. We appreciate that. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. That sounds pretty good. I mean, what do you think? Uh, you know, taking that uh, taking that cut, that PFD tax, and equating it to some other kind of tax and say how much would it be across the state? Uh, I mean, you know, if you, especially when you're talking about a family of three or four, um, you know, how much of a tax would you be paying if you lost, you know, for example, three you, you, mom and dad and a kid, right? Three, three people in a household and you all got your thousand dollar PFD, which you should be very satisfied with because reasons. That means that $9,000 of your money was just taxed away from you. What would that be as a percentile of your overall income? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty hefty chunk. I mean, that's a that's a pretty heavy that's a pretty heavy deal. So, uh <clears throat> yeah, uh we should go check it out and uh, uh I, I maybe we'll have maybe we'll have uh, uh Brad Keithley uh crack in on this. Harold in the chat room said we were talking about, again, parents and schools and who's the parent and who's, you know, who should be responsible for what. Harold mentions in the chat room, he said, one time my daughter came home and said, my teacher said, I don't need to listen to you. And if you require me to do things, I can call the police. True story. That's a true story. (laughs) And that would have been the next day that I would have pulled her out of school and and handed her a book and said, there you go. We're going to teach you right here. You sit right here. We're going to teach you all about it. Terry responded to that by saying, my son tried that. I handed him the phone and told him I'd pack his bag while he was making the call. That was the end of that conversation. (laughs) I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, this is what they're teaching. You don't have to listen to your parents. Oh, 
I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Feel, feel free. Feel free to do it. Um, for a child that has no other income, says Kevin, that would be a 75% tax. You're right. If the child, all a child gets is the PFD, and that's, you know, that's the thing that we haven't talked much about, but when you start talking about cutting into the PFD and you're taking the money straight from the children, because for most of them, if their parents are allowing them to have their PFD, that is their sole source of income for the entire year. And if you only give them $1,000 and it was supposed to be four, ow, 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 ow. It's painful. It's it's it, it painful. Um, absolutely hor- horrific. All right. Um, what were some of the other headlines that I wanted to hit in today? Oh, this is the irony story of the day. I mean, we should come up with some kind of the ironic story of the day stinger or something. Uh, that's uh, you know that, that you just can't get away from the irony of it. Um. I mean, you can't write. You can't write these headlines. I mean, you would think this is. You would think this is a headline from the Onion or the Babylon Bee, right? This is the headline: International Woman of Courage Award goes to a man. Well, biological male. The bio. <laughs> the International Women's Day, which was yesterday had the annual International Woman of Courage Award ceremony at the White House. Eleven extraordinary women around the world who are building a brighter future for us all, and they gave the award to a biological male. And all I could say is is that the picture of Jill Biden and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, standing with the recipient, all I had to do was look at the all I had to do was look at the 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 face of one of the 11 or 10 other women who were up for this award in the background look I mean all I could she's her face says it all like are you freaking kidding me they gave the international woman of courage award to a man who's living as a woman who is you just can't i'm sure that this will be classified as hate speech or something i just if you if if you want to live that way i you know more power to you but don't tell me that you here's the thing i have no i have no objection to somebody who's going to say, well, I, I'm, um, I'm going to live as a woman or I'm a man or I'm a woman who's going to live as a man or a man who lives as a woman or a man who lives as a toaster. I don't care. You're a furry. You want to live as a dog uh, or a cat for the right. Hey, you know what? If you, you just, you do you baby, that's fine. But don't tell me that well, they're, they're, they're it's because she dressed like a woman and believed it. Now they're a woman. That's no, they're a man dressed like a woman. And the fact that you gave the International Woman of Courage Award with 10 other actual females and you gave it to the one person who is dressed up like a woman and living like a that I I just I, I can't wrap my brain around it. 
cannot wrap my brain around it. But that is, I mean, again, I read the headline and I thought, well, golly, this has got to be a, this has got to be like an onion headline or Babylon B or something. But nope, it's the truth. Happened yesterday right there at the White House. Gave it to Alba Ruda, Argentina's current special envoy for sexual orientation and gender identity in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, International Trade and Worship. Okay. Just the look on this gal's face. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta see this. Let me show you this. Uh, here we go. Nope, wrong one. Let me get the, uh, let me get the right, uh, let me get the right one in here. Uh, there you go. So, here's the picture. Here's the picture of the thing happening, right? And all, all I got to do is, uh, all I got to do is go over here and uh, just look at the look on this gal's face right over here. Uh, just, just to get a look at like, she's basically saying, what the hell is the, what the, the <laughs> is that a golf clap? It's a golf clap, man. I don't know what's going on, but I mean, oof, oof, that, that, that picture though, that picture right there. <laughs> oh man. Um, Women lost 50 years, Donna says, women lost 50 years of progress towards equality of opportunity. Yeah. Let's see. A cut to the PFD is not a true tax, so some people might use the word a rhetorical figure of speech. An actual tax involved the government taking a chunk of money that's individually owed by a person. Oh, I, I, Randy, I don't even have the heart to argue with you this morning. I just don't even have the heart to, uh, to, uh, you know, I just, I, I just can't even get it. Um, let's see. Oh no. Tell Scooter that some parents won't allow their kids to, oh no. Don't tell Scooter that some parents, some parents won't allow their kids to spend their own PFDs. I didn't allow my kids to spend any of their PFDs. Why? Because I needed it to put food on the table and put gas in the cars and heat in the house and, uh, you know, to buy them new clothes. That's either that or, you know, or something else. I mean, it's just just crazy. Um, let's see. Um, Kelly says... FNSB made a video about a woman's day that included men. I sent it to Mayor Bryce Ward. He was a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the next time I see a man that wants to act like a woman, there's going to be a cat fight, says Kelly. I mean, I'd let people, you know, again, I'm a I'm a kind of live and let live person, Kelly. If somebody wants to prance around in a I saw a guy yesterday, I was at a convenience store and some guy walked in in a dress and it was very much it was not like you had to double check to see if it was a man in a dress. It was very obviously a man in a dress. And I just was like, you do you, man. You know, I don't know if you're actually a woman because you've got to have balls to walk around looking like that as like a man with a Adam's apple and a, and a, and a, and a five o'clock shadow walking around in a dress. You just did, you know, there you go. <laughs> and it's just proof positive that you're a man because you've got the cojones to walk around looking like that. Um, <clears throat> um, go to, I hate Hershey's to see a candy bar. That's the Jeremy's candy bar. That's, that was pretty cool. That was pretty funny. I watched the commercial for that. It popped up in my feed the other day. Uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty hysterical. Every time the government tries to make things equal, that all goes down the drain. Well, that's the problem with government. Government is not looking for equality of opportunity. What government's trying to find is equality of outcomes. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't, um, you, you, you can't force equality of outcomes and have anything be actually equal in the end. Uh, gasp, you spent up your kid's PFD. You're damn right I did. I spent every dollar of the of many of those PFDs for many years because they kept us going. Um, it's not about the dress, says Kelly. It's about the war on women. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, the taxes where the government takes a portion of the money is individually owned by a person. Yeah. Well, you do own, you do own your PFD. You do own a portion of that money. That's what the, that's what the whole thing is about is that as a resource owner, you own a portion of that and your payment that you are owed is from the money that is in there. That is what you, yours owned. That's, you know, (sighs) all right, well. At least it seems to be a little more stable this morning uh, after the reboot uh, in the thing. So, you know, um, some parents use their PFDs to send their kids to private schools. Isn't this unconstitutional? RE public funds going to private schools? <laughs> oh, don't give them any ideas, David. Do not give them any ideas whatsoever. Not a don't do that. Just don't don't do that at all, my friend. All right. Well. We're going to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two is right now. Let's do it.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to pretty much everything that we have. The audio-only live stream, the social media outlets like YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, where we simulcast the radio show every morning. And even links to our podcast, which are available well, pretty much anywhere. Google, iTunes, Spotify, my favorite you can find all those links there. And, of course, broadcasting across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, FM translator, it's the Michael Duke Show. Welcome to Hour 2. Today is just a good old-fashioned open line, open forum day. Uh, I'd like, kind of like to try and do this maybe once a week where we just get a chance to hear from folks that, you know, we don't normally hear from. And we've heard from a, a few today that, you know, new callers, new sounds, new voices with new ideas including Mike from Wasilla, who I thought just had a great idea that we should start talking about the cuts to the PFD in the amount of tax that they would actually be if they were some form of sales tax. And uh, I like that. <clears throat> I like that. Uh, what a good uh, what a good idea. Uh, we because, again, it will put it into more perspective as to how much you're losing. How much is being taken from you uh, each and every year? Uh, then somebody pointed out that, of course, if you give your kids their PFD to spend and it's their PFD and that's their only income, those kids are being taxed at like a 75% tax rate, which is which, which is worse than Sweden or Finland or wherever they are that they've got. I mean, at least they only they cap out at like 49 percent tax. No, no. Seventy five percent tax. Seventy five percent tax. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's definitely some good ideas coming through on the phone lines today. So if you would like to call in and talk about that or anything else, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. This hour of the program being brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. You could find them at SatelliteWest.com. From Tin City to Tetlanica. From Talkeetna to Tanana. From Tetlan to Tongas. Oh, see, I did it. I got it. Six Six in a row, six in a row. Any of those areas in the state, wherever you'd like to be, the folks at Satellite West have you covered for staying connected via phone, via email, via text message, or just surfing the internet, whatever you need. They've got the tools, they've got the talent to get it done. Satellite West, 
Com. Go over there and check it out. Togiak. Thank you, Chris. Another good one. Another good one. Um, but I did made I made six on my own, Chris. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Don't harsh my buzz here. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. I got six on my own. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I just, I can't even, I can't even. Let's go over to some of the other stories that I want to talk about today. Uh, and you, again, can feel free to, to sound off on this, or if you want to talk about, I don't know, whatever. We talked earlier, we got talking about television shows. Everybody in the chat room is telling me what their favorite television show is. I will have to say Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime, which follows Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear fame. Um about, you know, being a farmer in England. He actually owns a farm and he farms on this show and it just goes through the, it's amazing. It's an absolutely amazing show. You should watch it because it highlights the nanny state and the NIMBY mentality of many communities and governments and how they hinder people from doing things on their own private property. It is absolute insanity. Absolutely. But it's a great show. It's a great show. You'll enjoy, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think, well, I, I think you will. I enjoyed it, if nobody else. So, well, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But <clears throat> I've got the uh, next story up, which um, the more I read it, the more I feel like, the more I feel like somebody is getting paid to 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 bolster their hobby that's that's what i that's that's what i feel like right now the more i read about that um and the subject that we're going to dive into now is what they call the alaska long trail now we talked a bit about this project last year because it was up in the budget and they had committed uh, initially, uh, they approved almost $15 million to fund what is known as the Alaska Long Trail. It's a project that is set to create a 500-mile network of walking trails that basically would run from the Gulf of Alaska coastline down in Seward to the boreal forest in the interior part of the state. So it would cover a good, you know, half to two-thirds of the state, all on a walking trail. Now, there are already trails in parts of these areas, including Chugach National Forest, Chugach State Park, Denali State Park, but they want to connect all of these areas similar to what is, uh, you know, similar to what's going on in the Appalachian Trail uh, on the East Coast and the Pacific Crest Trail on the West Coast. So there's a nonprofit group called Alaska Trails, and they are the organization that is promoting the Long Trail Project. This year, they're seeking $9.5 million in legislative appropriation for this year's budget to create 14 different trail projects from the Anchorage area up towards Fairbanks. 
again, last year, the state, the, the, the legislature had approved 14.7 uh, million dollars in funding, according to the Alaska Beacon. But uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy vetoed a big chunk of that, not all of it, which, okay, uh, down to $4.2 million for seven projects. So they got $4.2 million for seven projects. Uh, but the, the, uh, the nonprofit and the leader of this nonprofit, the, the, uh, I don't know what's, she is the trails initiative manager for the project said the state's not the only source of money. Each of what, I mean, each one of these is a, the other sources include the federal government and private foundations. She, she talks about, uh, you know, they had to, uh, one of the projects that survived the veto uh, got a million dollars from the state and $550,000 from the Girdwood Valley service area inside the municipality of Anchorage. That was a, there's a hand tram crossing there. So they got a million dollars from the state and they got another half a million dollars from the taxpayers in that area to pay for it. There's also federal funding. Lisa Murkowski was able to secure $11 million for trails over the two past two fiscal years and another $5.5 million in the omnibus bill that passed in December. So this gal goes on to say the organization is super grateful for all the funding we've received last year. So I'm just, I'm just adding this up. So she got $11 million plus another, she got $16.5 million from Murkowski, another four, uh, another 4.2 million. She got so $20 million plus a half a million dollars from the Girdwood Valley, you know, property taxpayers to continue this project. And this is, and they're coming back every year for more and more money, millions and millions of dollars to build these trails that, that are foot trails footpaths. And uh, I mean, I could, maybe we need to look a little bit more into this Alaska Trails organization. I mean, um, because, you know, while I, you know, I, I acknowledge that people love to go outside and they love to journey. I don't know many people who are going to uh, who are going to hike 500 miles worth of trails. To go from one side of the state to the other. Um, oh, it's a 501c3. Of course, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, and let's see. Uh, the boards and staff. They've got, uh, well, they got a lot of people on their boards of directors and their staff and everything else. I just want to know, what are the full-time salaries? What are the what is the full time salaries of these organizations that are out there asking for money on this kind of thing? Twenty million dollars in the last two years, and then they're asking for another nine point five million dollars this year for a walking trail. In this, uh, I'm just, I'm just, what? I mean. I support trails. If you want to go out there and cut trails on public lands and do that kind of stuff, great. How about we fix the Glen Highway? 
How about we fix the, you know, the the Richardson? How about we, you know, fix the bridges and the things that are, you know, falling apart in this state instead of spending millions of dollars on a walking trip? And of course, this organization apparently is administering a lot of this stuff. Is what is what I'm seeing here. Maybe they're not actually receiving the money, but she basically said we're super super grateful for all the funding we received last year. And I'm just wondering, I mean, five to ten million dollars a year in state funds, plus another, well, she got 16 million over two years. So another eight million dollars a year from the federal government. Somebody's turned their hobby into a full-time occupation. I just, as much as that's a great thing for the community to have, you know, trails and she's talking about the economic development, like the Appalachian, she's trying to compare it to the Appalachian Trail. The problem is it's in Alaska. The Appalachian Trail is surrounded by other states and people can drive there in a, in a hot minute and everything else. I don't see people setting up a bunch of stuff to, you know, it's not an apples to apples comparison. And we are spending millions of dollars, even with the vetoes, $4.2 million this last year in this fiscal year from the state. And they're asking for another $9 million right now. Plus the $16 million that they got from Lisa and the feds. I, again... As great as a, a great as an idea is that might be, is it really, is it really on us to do that for you know? Sounds like they're good at collecting money. Yeah, I mean, sounds like they they've gotten real good at collecting the money. Uh, I would like to know what the usage is on that trail. On a, on, I mean, what about the trails that they've created since this thing got started? How many people a year use those trails and then divide that by the multi-million dollars a year that they got to put those trails in? Maybe they should have a $1,000 a year user fee for those trails. I mean, if you want to pay for it, I, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um... All right. Uh, I guess that was that was the story that just jumped out at me. And I was like, what the look? I keep hearing about this. I started hearing about this long trail idea like three or four years ago. And I was like, well, that can't really be a thing. And then I saw the appropriation last year and I'm like, my God, they're actually going to give a lot of money. And then the governor vetoed it. I thought he vetoed the whole thing. No, no, only he only vetoed 10 of the 14 million dollars that was in there. So, I mean, they still got four million dollars there. You know. I, I, why did they come landscape my house? That's a, that's a viable thing. I'm right. That's important. Just come landscape my house. It's, it'll be fine. All right. We got to go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after this.
listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. The 500-mile trail, says Harold, would be a great addition for Alaska. The trail would return millions for decades. How? How would it return millions for decades? I'm all for opening up land in public corridors and things like that for people to kind of do their own thing and all that kind of stuff. But how would it return millions for decades? I mean, you know. That I just, how? I just, I just don't see a, a gold rush of tourists who are here to hike through a walk 500 miles through Alaska. You know, I, I the local cottage businesses sprouting to support a 500 mile eco trail would be great. Well, then they should pay for it. I would just, that would be my thing. I think they should pay for it. Um, oh my gosh. And who maintains it and who, well, that's exactly it, Debbie, who maintains it. Um, that's a, that's a valid question. Uh, I think that would be you and me. I mean, we, we, we would pay for it all to begin with, right? Then yeah, that would be, uh, that would be it right there. Uh, okay. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. The Blarney Stone Pubs. Uh, nice. My wife just sent me a link. McGinley's is closed and been remodeled. It's going to be the Blarney Stone Irish Pub. I could tell that's going to be a new favorite hang right there. I mean, we already liked McGinley's to begin with. Um, we were sad when they closed down, but now... Yeah, that's going to be good stuff. Okay. Um, what else here? Let me see what else. Brian said that they sent a rep to our council meeting. It must be his community council. Nice concept, but not a great use of the taxpayer dollars. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, okay. Well, let me go back down here. Learn basic economics, says Harold, instead of eating the propaganda from Brad. Because, yes, that's all I do is parrot Brad around here, I'm sure, Harold. <sighs> you know, sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. That's just how it is. And I'm sure that there are times when I'm wrong as well. But spending millions of dollars on a foot trail to cross 500 miles of wilderness. Um, no. Um, anyway. Any statewide business would love to maintain this trail for the opportunity to sell their wells, wares, Cabela's, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, then Cabela's could pony up the money. They could pony up the $10 million to build those trails. And then they could have the naming rights and everything else. There you go. Good idea. Do that. Don't take it out of the government coffers. Uh, this is like the argument that stadiums, 
that stadiums uh, are an economic boom to the community, even after the community builds them. And they're not studies have shown that that is not the case. Recent did a whole series about that that I found fascinating because all these sports stadiums were sold on the idea that they're going to create economic development in the communities. And they ended up being the biggest boondoggle, I mean, ever. They cost the communities millions of dollars. Um, all the unprepared lower 48 hikers that are asking for trouble, uh, not understanding how dangerous our ecosystem is. Yeah, I mean, Alaska will kill you. Alaska will kill you. It's a sustainable infrastructure investment. How about instead of catering to a small little tiny slice of people that would enjoy walking 500 miles, how about we fix the roads where thousands of people transit every day? How about we put that money there instead? I'm just asking. Maybe that might be a good idea. Well, you know, I mean, there you go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. All right. Uh, oh, my head is going to explode. Um, all right. So lots of discussion going on about the various... Uh, about the... Various pros and cons of spending millions of dollars on a walking trail for 500 miles. Um, this reminds me very much uh, for people who are out there crying that this would be a great economic boon to the to the to the uh, to the state of Alaska, that they would make millions off these trails. Um, I would point you to the article from Reason Magazine that uh, they did a series of articles about uh, stadiums that had a similar type of ring to it, where. The stadiums were all sold to the local communities that the local communities bonded or built or tax deferred or did all these things, spent millions of taxpayer dollars in one way or the other about how much money that they were going to bring into the community. And it turned out that when it was all said and done, that was really not the case. But um, yeah, sure. 500 mile walking trail paid for by your dollars. When, you know, we're trying to get potholes filled on many state roads or make sure that bridges are good. Sure, whatever. You, if you guys want to do it, go for it. If uh, if businesses like Cabela's or Bass Pro or REI or somebody, th you know, think that they're going to make money off these things, maybe they should put together a fund and pony up the money to build those hiking trails. I, and I would support that 100%. Their money, their ideas, give them naming rights. They would even be able to name it the Cabela's Trail, the REI Trail, the, the whatever. I mean, because these are eco-tourists. They just want to they just want to be one with nature. They're not buying a bunch of crap. They're, you know, they're, they're going to live out there in the wilderness and they're going to walk. And how many of them are going to need to be rescued? That's somebody else asked that question. How many are going to need to be rescued because they just don't understand that Alaska will kill you, right? It's going to kill you. Um. All right. Let's... Um, I got some other, what, what's the other story that I wanted? Oh, I got a phone call. Let me go over to the phone call instead and see what you have to say. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think it's the greatest thing since sliced white bread that, uh, you know, that, that 
that we're going to do this. I don't know. Let's see what you have to say uh, over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Hello, Randy. Yeah. Um, the other day you were talking about the legislation or proposed legislation that would protect minors, children from being mutilated, you know, for changing their genders. And, and I agree that uh, that should not happen to minors. A terrible thought. But uh, there was an interesting article in the Anchorage Daily News from February 28, uh, 2023, and it was about that legislation to protect kids from gender hacking uh, <laughs> surgery going on. And uh, the title of the article says, Trans People Face Horrifying Rhetoric at State Houses. And the State House they're talking about here is the one in Arkansas where they were discussing protecting children from this sort of thing. But anyway, it says, right. uh, the first paragraph says, It was pharmacist Gwendolyn Herzig's first time testifying before a legislative committee when she spoke to several Arkansas law- lawmakers in a packed hearing room this month about a bill restricting gender-affirming care for minors. And by the way, this person is a, is a transgender person. But later on in the article, it says, uh, during follow-up questions, Republican Senator Matt McKee, and that's down in Arkansas, by the way, asked Herzig if she is transgender. When she said yes, he asked, do you have, and I won't say the word that they use here, but they use the anatomically correct word for uh, male structures in the uh, area of reproduction and uh, the question was met with jeers and audible gasps in the park committee room quote that's terrible Herzig responded telling McKee that asking such a question was inappropriate and noting she was testifying as a healthcare professional quote I had never been so publicly humiliated in my life Herzig told the Associated Press in an interview days later and then McKee's statement in, in, in the, his own defense, later said, as a father of four daughters, I will do everything in my power to protect my children and the children of Arkansas, especially from the woke mob who intend to push their agenda and beliefs down our throats and destroy our families, McKee's statement said. Anyway, my opinion on this is, um, I guess such a question is kind of abrupt, you know, in polite society or whatever, but I think it's germane to the very topic. I mean, this person testifying in my opinion, was essentially testifying in favor of the mutilation of minors. And I thought, that's a good question. However, my opinion on that is that a person should be a little bit more sensitive to the niceties. You know, you don't have to use the direct anatomical word. You can kind of talk around it a little bit, talking about structures and appendages or whatever like that. And also, in my humble opinion, any legislator that wants to ask a transgender testifier that question should also offer to say, and if you want to ask me the same question, I will be happy to tell you, you know, about my anatomical structure. Well, and that way, that would make them feel a little bit more at ease. Well, I mean, I guess I work. I kind of want. I kind of in that kind of conversation, I would be interested to know what the follow-up question was going to be. Where was this going, right? I would. What? Why would you ask that? I mean, I'm just curious what was going on, but. I mean, that's the thing. Um, it, uh, you know, everybody's offended uh, about everything. And uh, it's this whole thing with the transgendered, you know, the, the bathrooms, using the bathroom, whatever you want. And they're always talking about the rights of the transgendered person. And I guess my question then becomes, what about the rights of all the other people who are not transgendered, who are just normal kids or normal people who want to be able to go 
for example, to use a bathroom in privacy and not have to worry about uh, and not have to worry about motivations or motives of other people in the room, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, this this idea again, I don't care if that's how you want to live. If that's how you want to live, great. Just don't force everything around us to conform to exactly what you want and then call it hate if we don't agree with it. I have no problem with people living however they want to live. Whatever they want to do, that's between them and their conscience and their God if they have one or whatever. I don't care. Just don't force it all on me to have to conform to your standards and change all of my standards to conform with yours. That's the whole point. Yeah, I agree with you, but as far as a follow-up question, I don't know what his follow-up question, the Arkansas Senator's follow-up question would have been, but I can think of what it could be, and that is if the if the transgender person said, honestly said, well, no, I, ha- I have not had any, uh, you know, uh, amputations like that, then then the then the senator could say, well, well, why not? Do you feel uncomfortable? Why do you recommend it for little children <laughs> and you haven't done it yourself? That that would be a, one possible follow-up. Or right. the yeah. transgender person might say they have been amputated, and then you could go on from there. Anyway, I think it's a germane question. Well, I, I think it should be handled sensitive, yeah, it should, sensitivity. Well, sure. I mean, there should be some sensitivity there. But again, everybody is so sensitive all the time. And, and I will go back to repeat what I said earlier, that trying to let a child or even an adolescent decide in those formative years, you know, a decision like this when they can't vote, they can't smoke, they can't buy a gun, they can't do all these other things that they're just too young to understand but we're going to encourage them to completely try and swap their gender identity is it's insane. It's insane. These they're not they don't have enough life experience to be able to pull all those things together and make an informed decision on that. They just they just don't. And so you're right. It's wrong in that regard. Thank you, Randy, for your call. Let's go over here. We'll take the next call. 907-433-3150. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Mike. This is Jeff Minnana. Uh, hey, Jeff. What's uh, happening? I was just thinking that a great, great business opportunity would be uh, setting up blood transfusion stations uh, on the trail that cross the Tanana Valley. Uh, the mosquitoes just going to eat these people alive. <laughs> right. We want to get as much blood out of you as we can before the mosquitoes eat you and then the bears do, right? I mean, you could create a big right. be a big blood drive there. Absolutely. If you've ever been in the Tanana Flats south of Fairbanks in the middle of summer, uh I guarantee you uh you will figure out exactly how bad the mosquitoes are. They will pick you up and carry you out of there. That's how that's how many mosquitoes there are out there for sure. Yeah, if you if you want to walk the the five hundred miles, start Seward, just follow the Alaska Railroad, Fairbanks. I mean, why spend all the money to build trails? Well, again, there's plenty of trails in all these areas. I mean, the Chugach and everything else. I mean, there's plenty of trails. And if somebody wants to to make a trail that connects with some of those trails, great, more power to you. But why is it government's responsibility to do that? You know. Government should get out of the way. Government should, you know, do the permitting and everything else. And if private individuals or private entities want to do that, great. They want to secure the right-of-ways on the private lands and do all that, great. But we're talking about millions of dollars a year, millions of dollars every year to create a footpath across the state of Alaska. 
which again, no, uh, I'm not opposed to having a footpath. I am opposed to having state dollars being spent on it when the usage, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm scratching my head on that one, Jeff. Absolutely scratching my head. I agree. All right. I agree. I was just, I was just trying to be tongue-in-cheek there. No, no, I like it. I mean, I think Have you should day, put a blood bank right there on the edge of the trail, right before you get into the, uh, right before you get into the interior where all those skeeters are, because the mosquitoes don't need the blood. We humans absolutely do. Uh, I think Timothy uh, basically sums up the whole thing right here. He says, generally, if private enterprise is not willing to invest in a project, then it probably will not be profitable. So, hey, let's get taxpayer money to do it. And then you're 100% right. If private enterprise, if it's going to be a profitable thing, if it's going to be a profit, they will invest the money. Get a conglomeration of outdoor companies and sporting things and tourism companies together. Pull your money and go build it. Let government just permit the project and get out of the way. Five, $4 million last year from the state. Another $9 million this year. $16 million from the federal government in the last two years alone. And again, my question still uh, is on this whole thing, not to be too cynical, but my question is, this organization that's pushing this, this nonprofit that's pushing this, what do the salaries of their employees look like? I'm just, I'm just curious. Or is it just all volunteer work? I would still be against it if it's volunteer work, but if they've got people out there actually advocating for this, they did a lunch and learn. They did a lunch and learn with the uh, legislature, which means they're using some of that money they got to go ask for more money. So, okay. All right. That, uh, that just, that, that's, that's, that's great. That's great. Nothing worse than people taking government money to then go beg for more government money. That's, that's, that's the worst right there. All right. We got more coming up. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be back with more one final segment as we return. We got a couple lines on hold. We'll get to them during the break and then uh, be back and start with them on the other side. The Michael Duke show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Um, uh, uh, let's, uh, there's no scenario where you can expect to be okay with a lie from some and expect the truth for all. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's go over to the phones and get the call. We have one caller that held on. So let's get their name and where they're calling from. We'll get them set up for the return here to the uh, radio in just a minute. Uh, we start off over here. Uh, good morning, caller. Who's this and where are you calling from? 
It's Charles in Fairbanks. There's trails here that the police, they have to police the federal trails uh, for people not using them and not paying for them and selling tours that they don't have the license and registration to sell. Uh, there's people getting in trouble for that. Oh, for using federal trails and making money off it without paying Uncle Sugar his kick? Yeah, they have to police that. They have to have people watch that and make sure there's nobody using them that doesn't, you know, contribute or whatever to small amount or sign up for the cabin usage and all the other goodies they yeah. build out there. Well, yeah. With federal money, state money. Federal money, state money. It's all it's all part and parcel of it, Charles. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Um, all right. Uh, that clears out all the phone lines here. Let me go back over to what you guys have to say. Um, uh, Amy says, this is why I don't like summer. Too many mosquitoes. I like summer, just not the bugs. Yeah, no, it's uh, that, that's a thing. Um. It's not an every year thing, says Harold. Well, th- it has been an every year thing. They're asking for, you know, <laughs> that, that it's been every year so far, multi million dollars every year. Uh, we have no rights, says Terry. Um, what else we got here? Did Randy mail back his check? I don't know. I'm hoping he cashed it. He talked about at one point last week he he was considering actually cashing it and going to Hawaii. And I'm like, do it. That's what it's for. It's your money. It is your money. And all the state's going to do is spend it on a trail. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Do what Lewis and Clark did, says Chris. Make your own path. Okay. That's <laughs> a, you know, plenty of trails out there. You could hike it. Just point the compass that way and go. Point the compass that way and go. Uh, the ferry system is an example of why you don't want government operating anything. I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that as well. Okay. Well, what else you guys want to talk about? We don't have to talk about, we don't have to talk about uh, all this um in fact i'm i'm pretty much done with all the political stories right now i really don't want to talk about any more of them i'm just i'm closing all the windows in fact right now uh because i just don't even i don't even want to talk about them anymore um oh it's yeah it's supposed to get cold it's supposed to get cold next week and there's supposed to be a 9 million mile an hour windstorm on Friday for the Thompson Pass area down in Valdez and down parts of the peninsula. Oof. Um, okay. Uh, okay. That's it. That's it. I don't have anything else. Somebody said something about Clarkson's farm that I was uh, going to read. Who who did it? Um, was it Brian? Brian, were you the one that made the comment here? 
Uh, oh, and Brian, the other Brian said, are you back on 700 AM? They're still promoting your show. I don't know where 700, which 700 AM are you talking about, Brian? Uh, which area is that broadcasting in? I don't know. Um, where is the comment? I should have, I should have tagged it when I, when I saw it the first time. I've got the ability to tag things, and I didn't want to do that. Um, there you go. It was Brian. There you go. This was the Clark. This is the comment on Clarkson's farm. He said it was an eye opener for him, Jeremy Clarkson, and I hope for people in general and just how stacked the odds are against farmers, especially family farms. It was eye opening. I mean, I knew it was bad and tough. I had no idea exactly how bad and tough, uh, and it's just as bad here in America. But yeah, um, all right, I'm way back now. I'm like an, almost an hour ago with that comment. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. 700 AM in Anchorage. They're advertising my show. That's weird. Okay, welcome back to the program. One final segment here on the show. Charles was uh, with us during the commercial break, and he just he wanted to get it off his chest. So he mentioned that they're, apparently they're having a problem in Fairbanks right now with some of the trails there that are apparently being maintained by the federal government, where they're having to put people out on the trails to police the trails because they're apparently tour operators or something who are utilizing the trails and not paying the fees and are the permitting or whatever's going on. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but the final segment of the show, uh, this is where we get a chance to just kind of hang out. The phone lines are still open. Anything is fair game these days. If you'd love to, if you want to, you know, talk about it. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, uh, I don't know. Apparently, there's another remodel supposed to be done with the Nolween Library. Wow. Okay. Um, the Nolween is due for another remodel, apparently, up in up in Fairbanks. <laughs> well, that's That's pretty crazy. That is some pretty crazy stuff. Um, all right, let's, uh, again, phone lines are open 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Love to hear what your thoughts are on any of the topics that we've hit on today or anything new. If you want to talk about, again, your favorite, uh, your favorite, uh, you know, book, movie, show, whatever, what are you looking forward to? I mentioned it earlier. The one thing that I'm looking forward to right now is that in, uh, 
uh, two weeks, two weeks from today. In fact, uh, the new John Wick movie comes out. I'm super excited about that. Super excited about that. Uh, and, uh, really looking forward to seeing, uh, to seeing what comes from that. Um, and of course the big, uh, probably one of the most impactful things that I've watched lately on the, uh, on stream is the show on Amazon prime called Clarkson's farm, which is a, uh, which is a show it's a it's a it's it's not a reality show per se but it's kind of a it's kind of a a, a docu you know comedy about um Jeremy Clarkson who quit he's doing uh he did top he did top gear for many years you you know you're probably familiar with him on there apparently he's still doing so you want to be a millionaire in Britain that's one of the things that he still does but he's owned a piece of farm up in the um Oh, it was the Chittington Hills. Um, anyway, out in the, he owned some farmland. And for years he had somebody who, uh, he had somebody who, who farmed it for him. And, uh, that farmer decided to retire. So Clarkson, who's looking to kind of get to retirement himself, decided that he was going to do it. He was going to do it himself. And so we got Amazon prime to come out there and it was, it's, it's fun. It's funny. But it's also sad because it shows you the real plight of farmers around the world, um, especially family farms, and the power that government has over them in a lot of ways, and then also kind of the entrepreneurial thing too, because he's trying to he's trying to diversify his farm uh, to do more than just farming. He did try to do some farm to table. He tried to do a little farmer's market thing. He tried to create a restaurant that was nothing but food from uh, surrounding farms. And, um, he got so much pushback from the local council the basically the borough assembly or the city council in his area. Um, and they, they just shut him down doing things on his own land. I mean, it was just, so it's, it's, it's funny. It's insightful. And it also, at the end, is a little bit depressing because he's having to fight every step of the way to get this stuff done. Um, I can't wait to watch season three, quite honestly. It was so good. We literally binged everything in just, I mean, I think less than a week. We watched every episode that was there. We started it on a whim and uh, ended up watching the whole thing. So uh, anyway, Clarkson's Farm on um, on Amazon Prime. Go Go check it out. Go check it out. Let's go back over to the phones here and see what you guys have to say. Uh, 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. This is Al from Fairbanks. Hey, Al. What's on your mind, my friend? Oh, um, you, you were talking about the long trail. And uh, well, the second alternative, or the second uh, agenda for that group uh, controlling that trail is to eliminate uh, motorized access and to, um, you know, really hinder and eliminate uh, uh, trapping. Oh, so that's that's part and parcel is that they don't want anybody to use the trails unless they're on foot and they want to eliminate trapping and any motorized access to any of these areas. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, well, they with because they, they got a lot of language that you're not even allowed to cross the trail, so they're landlocking state property or state access, and uh, you know they're they're pretty much an anti-group against hunting and trapping. 
I I was not aware of that. I guess I, I'll, I'll have to get a little bit more information on them to figure that out and take a look at it. Uh, if you've got some of the language or anything else picked out, Al, why don't you drop me an email and we'll get deeper into this and we'll we'll start asking questions about it. Oh yeah, we've been fighting it for years. So they they keep uh you know they keep out you know they keep comparing it to a trail out east and you know build a trail and the people will come. Right. I mean, that's the thing. They keep comparing it to the Appalachian Trail, which is, again, surrounded by multiple states. People can, you know, in a two-hour drive, you could be there and hike it, and that's fine and everything else. Uh, this is Alaska. This is a little bit of a different critter up here, and you're not going to get the thousands and thousands of people in the industry that you would have gotten otherwise. And if on top of that, they're going to try and take those state dollars and then use it to lock up. Uh, the rest of the area from access for people who want to hunt and fish and do that kind of stuff, uh, that's a no bueno for me right there. Yeah. All right. I just thought I'd bring that up. All right, Al. Well, if you got anything that you have out there, any links or things on these discussions, would you email them to me and let me take a look at them? I'd appreciate it. Yes, sir. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Al. Appreciate the call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. I mean, if that's the language that they're talking about on this footpath and everything else, um, it is, uh, that's insane. I mean, that's insane. If you, you can't even cross the, the trail, that would be locking up whole areas of land. Um, that would, you know, and yeah, what about horses? What if I wanted to take a horse on the trail? No, we can't do that. Okay. Um, it is, uh, that's, that's insane. There is no way that I am okay with that, uh, at all. Absolutely. So hopefully Al gives us some more information on this. Maybe we can have a whole uh, show about it and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, talk about it. Yeah. If that would make it a 500 mile fence through Alaska, says Chris, that's right. The goal lock up the land. Hmm. Maybe that's it too. They don't want us to be able to do anything on our land but sit in our little cubicles and occasionally go out and enjoy a 500-mile walk and then go right back home to your little cubicles where you don't have a car because you all live in the same communal tower. That's the vision. That apparently is the vision that we we need there. It's just, it's just insane. Uh, uh, so frustrating. So, so frustrating. I mean, like I said, I'm all about if you want to create a, 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 a walking path, great. But no, I don't want you to lock it up so that other people can't use it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, coming up uh, tomorrow is, uh, of course, Fire Arms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a to a nature and I'm super looking forward to that. Uh, Firearms Friday and our guests are going to be, uh, well, it's the second Friday of the month. So that means that uh, Chris Chang, Top Shot champion, for, uh, Chris Chang will be joining us in hour two. We, of course, will have Willie Waffle for WaffleMovies.com. But in hour one, we'll be talking with J.D. Tuchilli from Reason Magazine, who's been following some great stuff going on in the court cases and in the new credit card processing stuff with the firearms and what's going on with that, that should be a, um, that, that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
And so I'm looking forward to talking with J.D. Tuchilli, Chris Chang, and Willie Waffle tomorrow uh, for Firearms Friday. Don't forget, if you have something you want to say to the show, about the show, uh, you can just drop me an email. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com. M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. Love to hear you there. And, of course, don't forget, you can come out and, you know, subscribe on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Michael Duke Show, or facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. We're also on Twitch. We're kind of, we're everywhere. We're, we're, we're everywhere. So come on out and check us out there as well. All right, we got to go. Be kind, love one another, live well. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We will see you tomorrow, folks. Have a great day. Well, I'd love to hear more about this stuff on this trail. Now I'm getting a little agitated. Getting a little agitated. They want to block usage of anything around the trail? No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Somebody mentioned The Last Ship. That's a great show. If you hadn't seen that, that's also a great show. The Last Ship. It's available on peacock i think right now or amazon maybe anyway my friends thanks for coming in we will see you guys tomorrow have a great day
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.